Hi, I'm Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen from Shooks and Giff, the podcast. A part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. The holidays are on their way, and they can be a particularly stressful time of year if you don't have a plan. Well, have I got a solution for you? Join my friend Lynn with ConnectFlow Grow in her launch of Stress Less Holidays. Through this live Zoom webinar, Lynn will teach you how to evaluate your stress and develop a plan to reduce it. This is an abbreviated version of her 21-day Stress Less Challenge to give you the best tools in the shortest time frame. A less stress holiday is priceless. Your investment of $17 per person or $2,500 flat rate per organization is the first step towards taking control of holiday stress. Learn more about Stressless Holidays and join by going to my website, stephenmiletto.com sponsors, click on the ConnectFlow Grow logo, and the link will take you to where you can find out more information and sign up. Time for you to stress less during the holidays. Hey, Steve here, and my podcast, Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, is hosted on Podbean. If you use my affiliate link when you sign up for podcast hosting, you will get one month free. I've been on Podbean for the whole existence of my podcast since November of 2013. In that time frame, I've had nonstop service. I've had easy access to assistance when I needed help. I've been able to upload unlimited pictures and podcast episodes. The dashboard is easy to use. My Podbean community has grown tremendously. Looking at starting a podcast? Well, use my affiliate link to get one month free of hosting. Go to my website at stephenmiletto.com sponsors and click on the Podbean hosting link to see what plans are offered and choose the one that you like the best. You'll be glad you did. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Harold Pfeiffer about his memoir, Surviving Chaos, How I Found Peace at a Beach Bar. Harold shares his thoughts about his near-death experience in Afghanistan, growing up in 1960s Mississippi with a mother with schizophrenia and a dysfunctional family. So much to learn today. Thanks for listening. And by the way, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmiletto.com slash reviews and left a review. Could you do that for me? Thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Hey, do you need help in becoming more effective at teaching virtual classes? Well, NVTA, the National Virtual Teaching Association, has a semester program that is college accredited and designed to help you become more successful as a virtual teacher. A few of the topics that will be focused on are establishing relationships in the virtual environment, virtual instruction best practices, differentiation in the virtual classroom, and managing virtual resources, among others. NVTA is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, and there's so much there to help you be successful in the virtual classroom. Uh, so take a look. Go to my website, stephenmiletto.com slash sponsors. Find the NVTA logo and click on it to take you to their website. Happy learning. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Harold Pfeiffer was living a life that he was hiding from everyone, including himself. Then he met a woman at a bar in Thailand who cracked that secret open. Finally listened to and guided by the stranger's on-target thoughtful questions, Harold spoke for the first time of his near-death experience in Afghanistan while flashing back to his dysfunctional past. His inspiring memoir, Surviving Chaos, How I Found Peace at a Beach Bar, does not shy away from the stark realities of childhood bullying, family tension, being raised in poverty in 1960s Mississippi, a mother with schizophrenia, 
and feeling like an outsider, even at home. Having spent the past decade in Iraq and Afghanistan as a contractor, air traffic controller, he survived a suicide bombing by the Taliban but feels more at peace amidst the war zone than he did during his shattered childhood. Harold Pfeiffer started his literary career with a single book, Sleepwalking Out of Afghanistan, in 2018. He followed that with an updated, largely expanded memoir, Surviving Chaos, How I Found Peace at a Beach Bar, and he has an upcoming book, Fool Me Thrice, under the pen name Dean Conan. Harold was born and raised by a single mom in Columbus, Mississippi. He attended Caldwell High School before graduating from Mississippi State and Jackson State Universities, respectively. He built his career as an air traffic controller with the Federal Aviation Administration for 23 years. After deciding to leave the FFA, he started his second career as an international contractor. As a contractor, he had numerous tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. Harold, thanks for joining me today, and say hi to everyone. Hello to everybody. Well, glad you're here. And uh, Harold, when, when I read your bio, you said you realized you were hiding from everyone, including yourself. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about what you meant? Yeah, I had a sense of uh, imitating people that I thought were popular or like or likable, something along those lines. Like, um, like the guy Lionel on the Jefferson, which was it? You know, Mr. Jefferson's son. Yes. I liked him, so I kind of, you know, imitated him. Or like the guy Roger from uh, What's Happening. These are old shows back in the 70s. It's okay. I, I've watched them. <laughs> Grew up with them. I kind of took on those song and uh, never really got to be myself and, you know, push whatever boundaries or, or being comfortable being myself. And like I said, I, I never talked about my past as I got older and I got away from home. Um, I just, I just kept it to myself. I was, I was still that kind of hermit. And, and then, like I say, you know, I, I got, uh, uh, near death experience where I was in a bombing in uh, Afghanistan. And they say life flashes before your eyes. And that's what happened to me. And the story is a result of, you know, that, that life flashing before I thought I was going to be killed and, you know, going back regurgitating. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So, and I got to ask you, so how'd you end up at that beach bar in Thailand? I mean, what, what prompted that meeting? Well, after I got out or made it out alive, I knew I needed a sabbatical. So I uh, took some time off from, uh, from work in Afghanistan and I went to Thailand. It's been a couple of weeks and uh, each day, you know, come up with something to do, but every day I would end up at that bar. And um, so, which was a pretty nice place to be, you know, <laughs> watching people, watching, you know, bikini girls, you know, of course they had uh, drinks, you know, and all that. And it, it was a good, good place to be. And all of a sudden, you know, lo and behold, you know, I got uh, someone comes in and start talking to me and asks me, you know, who I am, where I come from. And it just, you know, started to pour out from there or, Things about me, about my past. Gotcha, gotcha. The uh, it, is Thailand just a place you wanted to go after being in Afghanistan? Just kind of, I mean, or, or is there some, some draw there that made you say, "I, I want to go to Thailand"? I mean, <laughs> well, it wasn't very expensive, and and I knew, you know, a lot of expats go there, so I figured, yeah, I go find out what it's about. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, you know, it's so let's go back to your youth. Uh, you successfully raised yourself despite having an absent father, manipulative aunt, crazy mom, and a spoiled brother. Let's talk about raising yourself. Yeah, and, and not that I'm proud of it, but I did have that awareness of self esteem at a very young age. You know, I got up, um, you know, uh, 
made, made myself go to school and didn't have to. None of my brother really went because my mom didn't make us go. Um, but it was the only place I kind of excelled and kind of controlled because I was, I was pretty decent at it, you know. So it was the place I wanted to be, wanted to go. Um, and then, you know, from getting up to finding jobs to, um, okay, I had to be that hermit because nobody really liked me. <laughs> so, and, and that was a, an offshoot of they didn't like my mom. And being that they didn't like my mom, I'm the kid, they didn't like me. Gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah, they can, they, they had to be very difficult. The, uh, um, if, before we, uh, because we're going to talk about your, your mom here in just a minute. Uh, could, can you talk just a little bit about, uh, your aunt just a minute? So you have, cause in the middle of this, so you, your father's not there and, um, you call her a manipulative aunt. Can you tell us a little bit about what problems she caused for you? Yeah. Well, I was, you know, and my older brother was the one everybody adored, very handsome, you know, very cute. Uh, very, uh, you know, outgoing. Um, everybody wanted to be near, touch, you know, play with and give him gifts. And, um, my aunt wanted to adopt him. And being that my mom went with let him, you know, she had the wherewithal, you know, to not give up a kid. She turned it the other way. She, she tried to prove, uh, he was definitely a better kid. She tried to prove that, uh, she would have been the better mom. So, which meant, if I did good, she had to find ways to make it look bad, you know, whether it was school or whatever. Um, anything that my mom, you know, did bad or which, you know, she was schizophrenic, she exploited, you know. Yeah, she's the crazy one. I'm the, you know, and, and she would tell us that, you know. Hmm. So it was tough dealing with that and staying in your lane around her. Gotcha. Gotcha. The, uh, so let, let's use that to shift to your mom. I mean, you know, what behaviors, you know, you want to t- talk a little bit about the behaviors your mother had and what you had to deal with as a result of that? Because you kind of alluded to some of that already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the whole story, you know, is you got that shadow of my mom and his schizophrenia. And she would talk to the wall. And I mean, and she would react like the wall responded, you know. And then she would move up and down the wall beating the wall, screaming, you know, cursing the wall. Um, and it was, you know, even to the point that it almost made you believe something was happening with the wall or something, you know, gotcha. her, uh, some, some, some input or whatever. And it would go on for hours. And it forced me to, like, leave the house. And I, would, I, mean, I went places that I shouldn't have gone, like, in the dead of night, you know, because I would try and wait her out. You know, like at some point she got to tire herself out. Hmm. You know, at some point being out here in these streets, you know, walking to the store or walking by the park that been closed ever since eight, now it's 11. You know, you walk around trying to buy time until she exhausted herself. Wow. That yeah. uh, had to be difficult in and of itself, <laughs> trying to just wait her out. So did, did that really work for you or is it just hit or miss? It was hit or miss. And, and you, you know, in the grace of God that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, tumble into places where something bad would have gone down and, you know, I would have been taken in because 
you know, I'm out or near the scene or maybe look like somebody in there, you know, that was there or just the grace of God that none of that happened. But I would walk the street many nights uh, or be places, you know, that I shouldn't be trying to wake my mom. Out. Wow. That's, <laughs> that, that's had, had to be rough there. So, it, it, and while that's going on, I mean, where's your, where's your brother? My, my older brother, which was three years older, he was, you know, stay my, you know, she would keep him and yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, her way of bonding or I don't know, get, get a little sunshine, uh, sunlight, having him around. I don't know, but you know, he, he was there and my, my other brother, they were you know, much younger and they taller better than I did. And I, it, it was tougher for me because whenever she would pipe down, that's when I would go back home trying to study. So invariably, I would be in school, you know, I was you know, start studying at 11, 12 o'clock at night. Wow. And, you know, it, I'm in school the next day, you know, you know, all hung over, you know, because, you know, I've been up all night. You know? Right, right. The, uh, so, I mean, at, I mean, you talked about, you know, trying to avoid her and hopefully she'll calm down by the time you came back and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is your mom. I mean, how, how do you, how do you contend with the fact that your, your mother is, has the, this mental instability and I mean, it's, it's your mother. It's not like it's somebody in the neighborhood that you could shut out of your house or, or even out of your heart. I mean, how do you, how did you really kind of contend with all of that? You know, honestly, just, it just had to be something in her or, you know, once again, after turning to God, you had to say, God, look out for old folks and young food. So he definitely looked out for me. Um, because it, it was tough. I mean, I, I did feel unloved. I did feel isolated. You know, I did feel, you know, had no one to lean on, you know, or God. And, and I made bad choices, but not enough, you know, that, that sent me down the wrong road. You know, it, right. it, it could be like, like one thing. I ate a lot of um, junk food, you know, I'm saying, you know, which I had no choice, but you know, that's what I'm saying. I didn't make bad, bad choice, but little bad choice. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> right. I got you. It's especially if there's no one there saying, uh, sit down and eat your broccoli or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, uh, um, you know, so and this is also, I mean, it, in it, the ages that we're talking about, you're talking about, uh, um, early mid six, early sixties, mid sixties. Right, right. And uh, we're you're in uh, Mississippi, uh, and uh, can you talk a little about some of the? I mean, you, you kind of commented before that people um, didn't like your mom, so then they didn't like you, and you had to deal with all kinds of bullying and stuff. You kind of want to talk about that just a little bit? Oh, sure, sure. Um, like I say, and it's weird, you know. It it is normal for people bullying is kind of normal, which is bad, but. It, Yes, it, almost every person in the school didn't bullet, you know, unless they were the big person, big kids. Right, right. Um, but big, but my mom would pick on other kids, so they took it out on me. Wow. You know, she would uh, take pot shots. Um, you know, she would curse at them. She would maybe run them off the road when she was on a bicycle, and so they would take it out on me. And the weird thing was I was still my handsome still, you know. <laughs> so the girl had, had a weird connection to me. It was like 
eh, he's sort of cute, but I want to beat him up. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, so a lot of the bullies were girls too, you know. <laughs> so, and I wrote about that in, in the book. I said it was weird that a lot of the girls wanted to beat me up. And it, because they had that confliction, you know, he's, he's semi handsome, but I can't stand his mom. So, but since I can't stand his mom, he get a butt beat, you know. Nice. So, Wonderful. <laughs> You got other yeah. stuff to contend with, and then you have to deal with them doing the same thing. It's like, <laughs> wow. And I had a warped sense of what I thought life was. And so as I became of age you know, um, and, and tried to date, um, I had some weird uh, classic failures. And um, that's what I, I think that would make the book so laughable. You know, not so much the skits in front of you, but the way I went about life. And because I had some, some classic fails that I wanted, you know, I wanted to share. Gotcha. Yeah, because what's, what's you know, the, your book could be extremely heavy. <laughs> and I don't mean in weight. I mean, you have to contend with a lot of things and uh, including, well, you know, almost dying in an attack and such like that. And, uh, you know, yet you you use your sense of humor to kind of deal with all that. And so since you've mentioned that, you just want to kind of talk about that? I mean, because you, you easily could make your book a lot different. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I didn't want it to be so dramatic, you know. Uh, there are a lot of books out there that tell you about the drama and all the hardships, which I mean, it's there in my book. But I wanted to to bring people along with the lighter side. I wanted them to see the zaniness, um, the misperception I had of life, dating, uh, of people, you know, and how I went about it. It's like, I failed and I failed big, sometimes with flair and sometimes with a lot of goofiness. And I wanted to make sure I shared that. Nice. Did, did any of that come from some of the sitcoms you watched? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They were kind of unique. Kind of unique. Gotcha. Uh, I, I kind of remember Roger being shot down in flames a few times. That's what's. <laughs> or rerun or <laughs> um anyway the uh um but it's awesome that you're able to to pull in your humor because that's otherwise i mean i i, I can imagine that's how you kind of contended with a lot of the issues that you're facing anyway I, you know so you, with all the stuff got going on i mean you go on and you you graduate from i mean you, you go on to mississippi state university i mean and uh jackson and i mean it um, and Jackson State University, and you, and you go back and get another degree from Mississippi State, right? Right, right, right. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, you had all this stuff that's made of never being able to do something like that. How did you, how did you make it, it fit all together and be able to go to go to college and get degrees? It was it was kind of the only way. It, you know, even at a young age, I was kind of as weird as this sound. I was bad in time. I wanted to run away from home, but I was smart enough to know I had no place to go. Gotcha. And, and I couldn't make it. So I like, I buy my time, I buy my time, which means kind of growing up age when, you know, when I get to college or whatever, then, you know, time for me to be me. And it didn't quite work out that way, but <laughs> I got through it and, and it did help me find a better life. That's cool. That's, uh, cause that's, you know, it's neat. I mean, I'm a former high school principal and there's a lot of kids who you, you try whatever to get them on the right track. And there's just something that's built in them that says, I'm not going to do it no matter what. And, and, uh, you know, and he, and it's, 
cool that you're able to get through all of that stuff and, and get on and um, be you know successful in, in, in universities and get multiple degrees and use that to get get a career to go on and uh, um, so uh, kudos to you by the way whatever whatever you had packaged you know if you could package that that's that's awesome because you had a lot of things going against you there right right thanks thanks uh, yeah I um, like I said I I have to admit it, there's some luck there's some blessing because there, I mean, I, and I talked about it in the book. Every time it got tough, every time I wanted to quit, um, and like when I met my dad, it was after I almost quit college, and um, I felt like I needed something to, you know, to get that fire going. I I, I need a calorie. And meeting him, not it wasn't anything he said. It just it was a difference after I met him. And not a whole lot he did, but it it helped reset my focus. And I got to drive, you know, got the lights back on and, and got back in school, you know, went through it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, hey, uh, because there's a lot of people who would have quit, just said, I'm done. And right. figured it out from there. So um can't tell you enough. I mean, I just all the kudos to you to, to make that happen. And, you know, it, let's speed forward a little bit. I mean, it, you, you talk about, uh, so you, you go on and you end up working for the FFA as an air traffic controller. Um, I understand that's, that's a, can be a little stressful. I mean, what, what was that like? I mean, cause you did it for what, 23 years? Right. The stressful part is mainly the training. Uh, after that, it's kind of like a factor, you know, you, you, you kind of used to not, not a whole, you're prepared for anything that different happened. And that's, as they say that, that's why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> right. but, but every day is kind of, most of kind of routine, kind of, kind of like a factory. Everything come off cookie cutter, right? And, uh, but it wasn't an issue what I thought. Uh, you know, for somewhere, somehow in my, I got in my head, if I work for the government, that'll be stability. So that's the kind of job I targeted. Gotcha. You know, you know, don't have to worry about getting fired, you know. <laughs> and I kind of did get fired. You know? gotcha. <laughs> uh. And so it was good and bad, but but it, it did say it did. It was that mountain I needed to climb. That's awesome. The uh, you know, that's and like I said, to have a career for twenty three years in an, in an industry. I mean, you targeted, you did well, and. uh and you, you made that career happen, which is very cool. There, um, I mean, because there's maybe people can't last a couple of years, <laughs> so <laughs> right. you know. So that's uh, that's awesome. Now, you know, after being with the FFA, you know, you, you're eventually going to leave that and you become an independent contractor in in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, and you have, I mean, the potential. I mean, you come close to losing your life. Can you talk a little bit about what was going on and what you were doing in those days? You know, the weird thing, good and bad, I have a, or think I have, put it like that, a sense of picking up trouble. And I was lucky enough growing up, I just had that little radar since trouble before it hit. And so when I decided to come over and do it, I'm like, eh, I'm kind of bold and I have a knack of kind of picking up so hopefully I could see it before it hit. And, uh, and before it did hit, 
I had a sense something was out of place. Wow. I couldn't put a finger on it, but I, I knew something was out of place, you know. And, and like I said, unfortunately, I couldn't get away. But fortunately, you know, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Gotcha. And that was, and, and so is this the same area that you went back to work in though, after that happened? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, got it. Got it. <laughs> so kind of, I'm going, going in this direction where, you know, we started off with that bar. All right. So I wanted, <laughs> is this, this part of why the Thailand became a focus for a little bit? Uh, just a little bit of break. We'll go back. Well, <laughs> Yeah, well, I want to swing back and forth, and uh, and you know, uh, I wanted, of course, I wanted to do justice to the bombing and being in Iraq, but I also wanted to see, you know, the um, uh, going back to childhood and coming forward, and so I, I wanted to try and do both. So that that's why you get that pendulum going back and forth. You know, um, now I got to ask i you know one of the things that obviously comes out of all this is that you have to be extremely resilient <laughs> i mean and, yeah and that would be the word <laughs> <laughs> and so where does that come from i mean do, is it your faith i mean is it uh, i mean where do you find the strength to push forward against the odds because you i mean you, you literally by going back into those the world with your contractor job um that you know could have been you know target for a, a rocket attack or anything at any point. Um, there's any number of things and going all the way back to your childhood. I mean, there's any number of stuff. I mean, where's, where's your resilience come from? What do you think? Well, like I said, I have to give credit to God, first of all, but I realized at a young age that there was no option. You know, um, either you keep going forward or the alternative is you know, living in degradation. And so there was no other option. And so even though every day wasn't a good day or a successful day, I knew I needed to get back on that road because, you know, the, uh, the, uh, any other option was not a good look. You know, it, it was going to be bad. I, I realized there was no cavalry and I had to be it. That makes perfect sense too. That's awesome. That's, uh, you know, and, Lots of things that, um, especially this last year that have been going on, uh, I know there's a lot of people that have wanted to quit. <laughs> what right, right. that out there? I mean, what, is there any advice you'd give them? If you know, so overwhelmed, you want to quit? Um, you have to believe in yourself. Uh, you have to believe there's, there's going to be a better day. Um, if there's, it's, you can't do it by yourself. I mostly did it by myself, but. If I could do it all over, no way I want to do it by myself. You know, you, right. you need a source to, to guide you, a source to lean on. And, and like I say, I'm, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm not super religious, but I know God looked out for me. Um, good advice. Good, good stuff there. Yeah. I, do you still live and work in Afghanistan? And if so, why? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here right now. <laughs> Um, the biggest thing, um, money and I get to travel. I've been a lot of places since I've been here. When I was in the States, I, you know, you know, I went to Canada, Mexico, and that was about it. And travel a lot around the state, but travel international, seeing, uh, different cultures, 
you know, doing different things. That's been the draw. And did I say money? <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. So by mentioning it a second time, I guess it's pretty good to keep you. Right. Well, very good. Very cool. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things I got to make sure I mentioned because we're, you know, we've been talking about your book, Surviving Chaos, How I Found Peace at a Beach Bar. But um, you have, uh, I believe you have another book in the works. Uh, care to s- share something about your newest one coming out? Uh, yeah, that's a uh, <laughs> very adult book. <laughs> uh-huh. um, uh, uh, I, I figure I had wanted something different. I wanted to do a uh, fiction. And so, you know, I know um, romance really, you know, attract a lot of about the readers, I'm like, yeah, I think I can write it out. I'll take a shot. Nice. And uh, so it's over the top, but it's um, a book called Fool Me Thrice, Money Changes Everything by Dean Cohn. Very nice. Very nice. So that'll be coming out. And, uh, and I, and you, now do you have your, you have your own, you have your own publishing, right? You, do you publish other people's books too? Do you want to say something about the, your publisher? As a publisher? Well, right now, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, managing myself. But um, I, my publisher is um, uh, Brooklyn Writers. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But other than that, um, my little small company, just right now, just me and my, uh, my other, I guess you can call it, uh, all the ego. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pen name Dean Cohn right now. That those are the only two I'm doing right now. Oh, cool, very cool. So, um, Harold, before we close, if someone wanted to connect with you or learn more, where would you send them? I would say go to Facebook at r and r freepress dot com. That would be Romeo November Romeo Free Press, or um, or uh, like say uh, Twitter. Same thing at r and r free press. And uh, either way, send a message. Or I do have a website, which is rnrfreepress.com. Same thing, uh, Romeo, November Romeo, freepress.com. Send me a message, and I'll definitely reply. Awesome. And I'll have those in the show notes. I'll have your social media as well as your website, and as well as links to your book, um, The uh, uh, Surviving Chaos, How I Found Peace at a Beach Bar. So um, I got I got two questions I like to ask my guests. Um, you've, you've answered one of them, which is, which is really cool about, I was going to ask you how, you know, how you keep going when you want to quit. Um, so I appreciate you talking about that. The last one I got for you though, goes like this. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if you got a chance to say thank you? Um, definitely thank you. Uh, we're start, we're start. Uh, had one fourth grade teacher named Miss Lane, fourth grade teacher. And, um, she kind of, I guess she, I kind of flirted with her because she was kind of cute and sexy. So I and she would kind of, you know, flirt back, but kind of pull out of me, uh, the student I was because I never really performed at my level because I didn't, you know, if I performed at my level, everybody ridiculed me and once again, more, more fights. So I kind of stayed in the middle of the pack and, uh, so and she kind of realized that. And then there was a teacher, this is a weird story, uh, named Miss Coltrane, lady out of uh, Boston, coming down Boston. Her husband was a uh, pilot or trainer at uh, uh, Columbus Air Force Base. And um, 
around it. She was like my sixth grade teacher. And her husband got killed. And right before I went to middle school. And so she kind of faded, you know. I never saw her. She faded, wasn't around so much, you know, dealing with that. And in the exchange, we went to middle school. So in the middle of middle school, uh, or the seventh grade, our house caught fire. And, um, and like this co-train, she, she always pulled out of me. I mean, she, she, she had a way. So her house burned down after the seventh grade. You know, I was floating. I was, um, I guess you said faded. I was not doing well in school. I, you know, I, I was hitting the wall. I was, I don't know, not loving life, I guess you want to call it that. And so we stand at my aunt house and the, and out of the blue, Miss Coltrane comes over. And that was, man, it was like, I lived like a Christmas tree. I mean, if there was one person I connected with, it was her. And I didn't say anything because of my aunt, I was intimidated. You know, you know, you don't speak until spoken to kind of thing. Right. But I wanted to tell her at that time, oh, I miss you. And, you know, you meant the world to me. This was, you know, seventh grade student. And, um, it just felt good seeing her. And I could say, if she was around and still around, I want to say thank you. you know, I miss you. You have no idea what you meant to me seeing that day. That's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you for telling us. You know, uh, Harold, thanks so much for sharing your memoir, Surviving Chaos, How I Found Peace at a Beach Bar. It, it's incredible um, memoir, and it's awesome that you're able to introdu- introduce your humor. Um, and because it, it's just a, it's a great read and uh, learn a lot about you. And, and I wish you well and all the very best you do. Stay safe. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, Mr. Miller. You know, I've had the good fortune to connect with several representatives from Kitcaster, a podcasting booking agency. They reached out to me on behalf of their clients who want to spread the word about their book, their story, their ideas, their businesses, and so much more. Kitcaster has been such a pleasure to work with, and I always enjoy working with their clients. Now, Kitcaster is an affiliate partner with Teaching Learning Leading K-12, which is really cool. And and I got to ask you, have you been wanting to tell your story on podcasts? Podcasts are a great way to grow your personal and business brand. If you're an expert in your field, have a unique story to share or an interesting point of view, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with Kitcaster. Go to kitcaster.com slash TLLK12 or go to my webpage at stephenmaletto.com slash sponsors. Click on the Kitcaster logo and apply for a special offer for just the friends of Teaching Learning Leading K-12. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.